And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. And once again, we are back. This is show 150. You take 50, 50, and another 50. That says 150. That's a lot of damn shows. The Weighing In Podcast is going nowhere. We will be here forever. Why? Because we are here for you guys. Show 150, Joshua Thompson. How are you feeling, my brother? That is a fantastic shirt. And the fact that you are coordinated with the color of your shirt and your hat, man, you are you are being somebody. Beautiful. Beautiful. Look at this bad boy. Very nice. Yes, I do love it. I decided to wear it now because I know you're going to wear That's it. That's because Saturday. Sunday's Memorial Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're wearing it a day early, too, so it doesn't matter. Day and four days, whatever. No big difference. So, um, yeah, 150 Man. shows, baby. 150 shows. I did not think that I could live through 150 shows today. with you. I thought by that time, listening yeah, to I mean, your crap, been... I would have just shriveled up and died. God is lost. Jeez. What are you talking about? So this is Podcast Dave's last day in studio. Oh. With me. I'm a little, I'm a little, are you bummed? I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, I mean, kind of. You want to know why? Because all the headaches you have to deal with on your side by yourself, I'm going to have to start dealing with that too. And I'm not, I'm not really feeling that. Like in studio, <laughs> he's here and it's like, hey, I, I, yeah, I need this thing. I don't know what to do. Like, he's like, can you walk me through what I know? Like, oh, but I don't want to have to do it. What's painful is, is like you just you don't know simple things like scroll to the left and you're like punch the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. And punching yours got me somewhere, so it was easier, it was easier to follow your directions. Um, I guess we have a lot of good stuff to talk about, man. It feels good. It feels good that uh, there's a lot of good news, you know. But um, but first, we want you guys to hit that subscribe button and our audio platforms and our YouTube channel as well as the notifications. And we want to thank you guys for listening to us. And we're almost to that 100,000. Yes, yes, yes. Almost to the 100K. And we got like another, I don't know, 100 or 200. Uh, less, less than that. Yeah, less than that. So we're right there, you guys. Well, maybe we can break out next week by this weekend from World Do it. Do awesome. it. Let's, Let's go. Let's go. We would like you guys to like share our videos also. If you guys have some content uh, you guys want to clip, just you know, hit the copy and paste and then share it on your Twitter. Tag us in it. We'll, we'll uh, We'll retweet it and repost it. And get on the phone. Get, hey, get in touch with your Uncle Goober and have him subscribe. Everyone's got an Uncle Goober. <laughs> it's John. John, John you're my Uncle Goober, buddy. Oh, jeez. What do we need? 150 more? 145. 145. Yeah, 145. Milestone. We're going to, oh, we're, should we just release the news now? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, when we break 100,000, we're going to go ahead and release a Clips channel. So we're going to have a Clips channel, and we're going to have a backbone to that Clips channel, which will be an, a special featured show strictly for our Clips channel. Okay, and uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be some fun stuff. So hopefully you guys Real enjoy fast. it. Hopefully that you guys, um, yeah, and everything will be short featured on there, but we're going to, we're going to launch our Clips channel as soon as we hit that 100,000. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. It will be something special for you guys, separate from what we do. Um on our, on our normal uh, show. Because normally what we do is we take the clips like Rogan does and everybody else does. They take clips from their actual real show and they just put that on their clip channel. And so what we're going to do is we're actually going to headline our clip channel with an actual special show just for you guys to come to. Okay. 
So hopefully you guys like that. Hope you guys enjoy it. And just um, more work. Yeah, I think just it's more work. It's more work. Just but it's more, more work. Fun though, John. Like, I can't take all know, this work, Josh. Look at me. I have wrinkles <laughs> because of this. John, <laughs> I, all I'm doing, all I'm doing, John, is helping you set up your retirement. Is hey. that what I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's all we're doing, buddy. That's all we're doing. I got to look out. I'm not doing a good buddy. job with it. Seventy-nine, almost eighty years old. old. We're getting there. I figure by the time I'm ninety, I'm I might start to retire. I'm surprised you're on board. Oh man, you got another thirty years for you. Ooh. I mean, even though you're eighty, but I'm not. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, let's. Uh, you know, there's there's no fights to talk about this weekend. No one has fights. No one has fights. There's no UFC. Is- there's no Bellator. I didn't see a PFL. There's no PFL. Very COVID-like. Yeah, yeah. Like you know it. what though? I'm gonna spend my whole weekend down in LA uh, coaching kids and adults in jiu-jitsu. And I'm wondering how they even got this jiu-jitsu tournament approved. But all my members decided to sign up. So I'm gonna spend all day Saturday at a jiu-jitsu tournament. Three quarters of the day, actually half the day on Sunday, and then all day on Monday. And I'm gonna turn around and come home. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is there's no, but actually, since there is no, sh- there's no fights on Saturday. It's just gonna be. I don't know what we're gonna do. We'll talk about it then. But we can film early. And I, I think I have an early. Basically, I think I have my last uh, kid competes probably like around four or five. So we can film earlier. Maybe even earlier than that. You're on the East Coast, so we can. Hey, we'll talk about that off here. I know. I know. I'm just. I'm just ranting right Is now. Is Josh promising the fans an early show on oh, this, this weekend? Oh, don't be promising nothing. No, I can't promise anything because I can't produce and edit shit. So I'm not going to produce. I'm not going to say anything about an early show. Uh, but podcast, Dave, you're moving to Austin. Yes. Yes, you're going to go try to live under uh, Young Jamie. He's going to go live, exactly. He's going to be knocking on Young Jamie's door saying, how do I get a job with Joe and get away from those two guys? Why do I need Josh to be knocking on Young Jamie's door? Why, why is he not knocking on my door? Oh, oh. I'm like, okay, it's pretty good. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's get into some news. There's no fights really to talk about, so we're going to jump right into some news. We're going to do a couple little fan questions, and uh, you know, we're going to have some fun with this today. So, um, what do you got for us, podcast, Dave? First piece of news was um, just something that was kind of formalized, but we didn't really touch on a whole lot, was the Logan Paul v. Floyd Mayweather fight, um, which is uh, June 6th, um, or June, June 11th, yeah. Two weeks. Yep. This thing's like slipped under the radar, John. I mean, in terms of like, I know they do the presser. There's been a lot of hype in the last, what, week and a half? Uh, but I, I think realistically, a lot of the talk is the fact that this is happening on Showtime. You and I work for Showtime. <laughs> and and so I just, I want to get your feeling. Like, what's your, what's your take on this whole thing? You know, I think uh, my take is it's different because it started off as, you know, it's an exhibition match, no matter what anyone wants to say, because there is no win-loss off of it. Even though someone can claim a win, someone can say that they won the fight. You know, there's going to be scoring. So, but it, it goes on no official record. So, if Logan Paul wins, he's not going to have a win on his official record. If he loses, he's not going to have a loss. Same with Floyd, and that's you know that's fine. That's, you can't have this fight with Logan, who like, Logan weighs somewhere in the two hundred and 15 to 220 pound mark. He's going to come down to 190. He has to be 
no more than 190 for this fight to supposedly take place. And Floyd, who walks around maybe 160, can be no can be no lighter than 160. So he'll be putting quarters in his pocket just to make sure that he's above that 160-pound limit. So the fight can take place. I've been told it's eight rounds. Um, that may change. We'll see. Who knows? But you look and there's there has been a couple of things that have changed the complexity of it. And Logan can thank his brother Jake for doing that. Gotcha hat. You know, just that little bit. You know, I do believe, you know, and, I, and you can go back to the Conor McGregor fight with Floyd. And, and back then I said, look, Conor has no chance of winning that fight. And I know a lot of people were mad at me. They said, you know, you have no idea and stuff. And it was like, look, you, you just don't understand the levels of what we're talking about. It's not that Conor can't box. He can box and he can box well. He just can't box with the very best guy there ever was in the, in that weights, you know, category, or at least for the last 25 years, you know, it's, it's, he just doesn't have that. He hasn't been doing it long enough. Floyd has forgotten more than he knows. And it's the same thing with Logan. The only way Logan touches Floyd is when Floyd wants him to. Floyd allows it. Floyd says, I'll step in here. I'll take one. I'll take this off of my shoulder. I'll do this. Other than that, he he's not going to be touching him. And the real thing that's changed is I did think that Floyd would carry him, He'd carry him through the rounds, you know, but no different than if you go back and you watch Floyd when he fought, uh, was it tension? I can't even say his name right. Uh, Japanese kickboxer who was actually smaller than Floyd, you know, in their fight. As soon as someone tried to get real with it, Floyd said, oh, okay, let me prove to you just the difference here. I ain't just walk through him, hits him with shots, puts him down. And Floyd was never a big puncher, but he can do that against guys that aren't used to boxing with someone that is of the skill level of Floyd. You know, people are talking about punching power. But just because you're big doesn't mean that you can punch hard. And just because you're small doesn't mean that you can't. Punching hard has to do with body mechanics, has to do with strength and speed. And if there's one thing that Floyd has never been that big puncher in boxing, no, he's not. But he's going to hit hard enough to make Logan feel it. He'll feel it. Oh, yeah. And you know what? When Floyd starts going to the body, I don't care who you are. When you're getting hit with clean body shots and you can't stop it, life becomes miserable very quick. And I do think at this point, based upon the little gotcha hat thing and all that stuff, I do believe Floyd says, all right, I'm not going to carry anybody. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to whoop your ass and prove to you the difference of what you think is a boxer and what really is boxing. I'm going to prove it to you. And so I honestly think, Logan, you're in for a fight because he's going to come after you and he's going to put some shots on you and you're going to try to hit him. And good luck, my friend. It ain't going to be easy. I, I think the Jake Paul situation where I got your hat situation turned him into a Mexican boxer. I need to walk him over now. Touching him, making a miss. Touching him, making a miss. You know, that's really what I think is going to happen. I mean, look, I don't know if Floyd's going to have that. I don't, think, I don't know if Floyd has the power to knock him well, with out. Body he may have does. the power to stop him to the body. Yeah, he may have the power to stop him to the body. Like, you touch him in the right spot while he's breathing in, breathing out, whatever it is. You know, he might be able to stop him that way. I don't think he has, I don't know if he has the power to knock him. Now, that being said, okay, 
I know I'm not a big guy, but I, like I've said this several times, I spar with Robert Gomes Guerrero, and for a hundred, for a kid who, for a guy who was fighting at 140, 147, knowing he'd small, he fought at lighter weights before that as well, man. Oh. Crack. I mean, he put me on some stilts a couple times, and I mean, I had done, you know, couple, you know, I've done several rounds with him and stuff. But man, at any moment, he could just touch me and he could put me on stilts. And it lets you know they possess a little bit different power than the MMA guy. Not all MMA, but not all MMA guys. I'm saying that, but they have just it's all the bag work, it's all the the training, it's the positioning, the technique, getting it there fast. It's the punches you don't see because they're cutting the angles. It's it's the true boxing, the art of boxing. And look, and I'm not a huge fan of boxing. I like boxing, you know, but I follow the fighters more so. I think that's what everyone does. But I don't just watch boxing to watch it. You understand what I'm saying? I, gotta, I, have, to, I have to be a fan of the fighter that I'm watching. Uh, with MMA, I can just watch MMA because I love the sport. I'm not a, I, I like boxing, but I don't love it. So when it comes down to this, this fight, this type of thing, I'm all for it. It's fun. But look, there's going to come a time when Floyd decides he wants to do this, and it's going to backfire. And Logan being 200, I'm not going to say he's 215, 220, but he, I get it. Charles already shaking his head. No, I understand where you're going with this. I, I've been you know, in the I, ring I with think, too many boxers. Yeah, I didn't think Conor McGregor had a. I didn't think Conor McGregor had a chance. But look, the size itself makes you think that it only takes one shot. And I know it's not going to happen. I know this. I know it's not. But it's it, this is what's going to make people buy it, John. It's brilliant marketing. What if? Oh, it is. I agree, and if you could get like a a knockdown, oh my God, he's going to beat him. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. Just telling you. You know, I mean. Okay, let me ask you this, and this is, okay, and I'm speaking from experience. I have boxed with real professional boxers. You have boxed with real professional boxers. How easy is it to touch them? It's not even so much easy. Sure, you can touch them, but like you're not touching them. That is your point. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, the whole thing. It's not easy. I'm not saying you can't put your glove on him, but it's never a clean shot. It's always a little bit. And and the, the big difference that you're going to see here is this. And this is where now I'm going to I'm starting to get into boxing you know, mechanics. Floyd is unbelievably good at setting people up to get them to come back into what we call a centered position that he is anticipating and waiting for you to step into that line, and he fires on. And Logan will never see it coming. Floyd, I'm just telling you, watch the footwork and watch what happens. And you're going to see Floyd stepping off to the side. He'll step back to the other side and then step again. And Logan will follow that path. And it's exactly what Floyd wants him to do. And he will come straight down the center and he will blitz him. Boom, 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 boom. And he'll slide right out, usually going to his left. And Logan is going to be looking at the stands there's going to be nothing there in front of him i'm just being honest yeah it's it's when you the way it is when you when you brought up the tension fight i was like you know why he got him out of there so fast and i've heard this from several people that are close to floyd because he wanted to get back to the states for new year's drop because it was the fight was on new year's <laughs> eve and he knew if he jumped on a private jet he flew out of he he drove straight to the airport after the fight grabbed his shit straight to the airport Jumped on a private jet and flew back. Was back in Las Vegas for the with his nine million dollars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man, that was I felt bad for that kid. When Floyd had somewhere to go, he was done. Uh, it's like I'm not going to carry this kid. I'm out of here. I got shit to do. Uh, great stuff. But look, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if he has the power to put him away with a knockout to the head. But, 
but I think he's got the power to drop him a couple times in the body. Maybe. Okay, yeah. Did you did you see the the there was a tape video came out on Logan. He's in the in the ring. He's holding on to the ropes in the corner, and he's he's giving head movement. He's got some guy that's throwing shots at him, you know, like they're sparring. And you know, it's like, ooh, look at that! He's not even getting hit. <laughs> People, I'm just telling oh. you, if you look at that and you're and you get like, ooh, that's really good. That's exactly what they're wanting you to think. It's not. He's not doing well. He's holding on to ropes. And he's pulling himself. He's not even doing it with his core. And the guy who's throwing shots at him, he's he's throwing these weird, you know, slow, all head, nothing to the body. It's nothing. I like. I I understand why Showtime is putting this on. This is a money maker in a lot of ways because a lot of people, especially, you know, young girls, really love Logan Paul. Bunch, bunch, bunch of podcasts, and and they will get their dads and their moms to pay for this pay per view. So I understand it; it's a money maker, but it ain't a All fight. Right, that's the question, though. But it ain't that's a fight. The question: One, does it break a million? If it does, does it break one five? No, I don't think so. I, I, it could, it could possibly make it up to a million, but it ain't gonna break one five. You don't think it's gonna break one no. five? Do not. So you think it, you think it'll break a million? It'll be close. It'll be close. Based upon Logan's Lug, got a huge following, you know, and Floyd Floyd's smart. You know, he's smart in the people he picks. You know, you gotta remember this, man. All those people that that didn't like boxing and don't like Floyd Mayweather, they're fucking on his team right now. <laughs> they don't fucking like <laughs> Logan Paul. <laughs> they fucking hope yeah. he beats his ass. Yeah, that's true. They're not Logan Paul fans. They're not Logan Paul fans. Not at all. They're thinking to themselves, come on, let's go, Mayweather. As much as I fucking hated you in boxing. I want you to light him up. I want him yeah, to look like, like a Texas Roman candle. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to do one, too. I think it'll do 1.2. I mean, look, yeah, you, you go back and watch Logan when he, you know, he, did, he, he sold out the Staples Center in 30 minutes. Okay? Yeah, it's freaking really impressive. And you watch his fight with what was the KSI. You know, look, there was a whole lot of really bad stuff going on in that fight. A lot of mistakes. A lot of things that you, know, you look and you go, and he lost. Okay, now he lost. He had points taken away from him because he's hitting someone on the ground. And you know, it's like it's just the difference. And it's you know, sparring is one thing. And this is why I said, look, I, I've sparred with a lot of boxers. Sparring is one thing. We weren't fighting. When someone is coming after you for real, it's a whole different world. And Logan, congratulations! You're gonna you're gonna find out what that world is like. That is the first. That was the amateur fight he had with KSI in England first, and then he had a pro fight in LA. It's gonna be. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be fun. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy watching. In some it. ways, it is. Gonna be fun. In some ways, it is. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's I, look. I think this is this is the story behind boxing right now. And I'm not. And, and as much as and I know I work for Showtime, and, but I'm not mad at them for doing it. They're looking at hey, it's a money grab. And the other thing as well is they have the contract on Floyd. Floyd can't fight anywhere else without the, without using their network. That's their deal. It's no different than like I said the GSP side situation with with uh, Dana White and GSP. And even there's other stuff too. They're talking about with uh, some of the other fighters not being able to fight. 
with uh, under the UFC banner. So it's really nice to be like, and Floyd's going to come back. Floyd's going to keep doing this, have it on the platform of the network, bring in money. Hey, I mean, I can see why they're keeping him on file. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So um, I, I'm thinking 1-2. I think it does 1.2. I think um, I think Floyd gets him out of there with body shots. I'd probably see that. And I think he's, he's not going to be faster than Floyd. My, my biggest thing is that Floyd's what? 41 years old? Yeah. You know, okay, hold I don't on. Want to say, like, hold on. I want you to think about yeah. this because you were very. He doesn't similar. drink. He doesn't party. Ah, does not drink. 40, does 40, not party. Forty-four. And one of the things that was amazing about Floyd, Floyd was the guy. You know, if you lived in Vegas, you could actually see Floyd and his entourage at two in the morning out running. Now, Floyd was running. The entourage was in the cars, but but Floyd was running. Floyd never stopped training. Floyd loves to train. Floyd is always in shape. Floyd has never had a a fat day in his life. Okay, so he's the guy, you know, a la a Bernard Hopkins, who never did bad things to his body, never got out of shape, never got heavy, never had to do some of the other things. He was always ready to go, always in the gym. So he, you know, he may be, you know, was he 44, you said? Yep. 44 years old as far as biological age. But that dude... He's no older than 32, 30 years old at the most, 30, 32. John, I'm calling bullshit. You want to know why? You look at him now, he looks, he's not a pretty boy anymore. He looks like a fucking homeless That's guy. just because he got Come hair on, now. <laughs> Shave your head. Go back to the way you were. You're a good-looking dude. <laughs> don't is. look like, don't show up to a presser looking like a homeless man. That's, in, in, that's why he was the chick took his hat. Especially in Miami Dolphin colors. Come on, man. <laughs> like, I thought he was pretty there. good. He's got his, his money team, but all in the Miami Dolphin colors? Come on. It was. He Showing looked like respect. a homeless dude. He had the scruffy-ass beard. Like the, I didn't know what it was on his head. Yeah, like, you know. like That's called the COVID look, it curl. Just, it didn't look good. <laughs> no, it, didn't look, it didn't look right. So I'm like, That's Floyd, bro, you're, you're a good-looking dude, him bro. a certain way. He's a good-looking dude. Like, clean up a little bit before you go to a press or sell him a fight. He doesn't have to. Man, you, all that did, all that did was make me think Logan had a chance. Because <laughs> you oh, have to look good. What happened to look good, feel good, fight good type of shit? That's some Deion Sanders stuff right there. He looked, he showed up looking like the homeless dude down the street from my gym. <laughs> I was like, shit. I was like, man, they must have been doing this presser in California. <laughs> Bunch of homeless people. Oh, man. Anyways, I mean... It's going to be fun. Realistically, I think it's, it's going to be entertaining. How many That's rounds? I'm looking for, man. How many eight. rounds? Oh, it's going to go all eight. You, oh, it's going to go all eight? Yeah, it's going to go all eight. Guaranteed it doesn't. I'm betting. So? I'll tell you what. We'll make a bet. Steak no. dinner. Come on, baby. I'm saying the fight actually I already owe you a steak dinner. I know. So you double, <laughs> double down. Double down. Well, once we can finally get out of our bubbles, <laughs> we can go have dinner somewhere. Jeez. Uh, yeah, all right. You know what? You're saying it's not going to go the distance? I say it, does, it gets stopped. You say it goes exhibition. the distance? Huh? You're right. It is. It's an exhibition. Here's, here's doesn't the thing. Matter. How that do hat, the hat thing pissed him off. He's not going to let him stay. How does how does it go? How does it, um, how are they having betting lines on this when it's an exhibition? There can't well, be a winner. No, because there, there is one. They're gonna, there's going to be a winner. There's, there's judges. They will judge the fight, and it can be stopped. But it will not go down go on, on your record as an official fight. Similar, you know, take a look at you know the Ultimate Fighter, two round fights, right? Those are all exhibition fights. They don't go on the fighters' record, but they're a real That's fight. A 
That was a good little scam the UFC did right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was good. So, you know, it taped people's records. I mean, I kind of like it. You know, I tape their records. Yeah. Whatever. For the people that lost in the show. It's kind of Sucks if you're the people that won. Yeah, that's true as well. <laughs> I didn't think of that. It's I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. The all right, well, then, look, let's jump right in. Like, the fact is this. Looks like his brother signed with Showtime. His brother and, and Logan have both talked about their sort of fight in MMA. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, let, let's, let's, I mean, let's take the over-under on this. I mean, really, you think, do you think both of them are going to do it or one of them is going to do it? you think none of them are going to do it? I, I personally don't think Jake will ever do an MMA fight. I don't think so. Either. That ain't going to happen. Logan? Yeah. I could, you know, look, I, I've, I've seen Logan... I know he wrestled. I've I watched him, you know, work out with uh, Paulo Costa and stuff like that. He can he can move. He understands body positioning. He's got you know good balance. He's a good athlete, no doubt about it. So I could see him trying an MMA fight. I think he might actually, depending, you know, obviously everything is who do you put him against. But I could see him actually trying an MMA fight, and uh, you know if they put him against someone that is you know of his abilities and just you know not with all that much experience i think it'd be a good fight he could have a good fight yeah they have to match him up it's kind of how i feel about it um i mean like i said logan's got some good wrestling credentials i think he's uh ohio's from university of Ohio, but uh no from, no from uh he's from ohio he's it's in his all american I think he, I think he was in states. Yeah, for state, whatever. They call so still calling the states. Anyways, yeah. I mean, whatever. We can see. We can see what happens. I, I, I think if it's going to be someone, it's going to be Logan. Jake, I don't think he's going to do. It. I think he wants to really carry out this whole boxing thing. We're going to see. He may have to. This is the first step. I was listening to Brennan Schaub also. He was saying this is the first step for them to actually get into real boxing. You know, and I think Jake is the one that has that more of really wants to be more of a real boxer, whereas Logan, I think, is just this is a total money grab. But I mean, realistically, Jake's gonna end up probably fight, fighting Floyd next. So we have two exhibitions here, probably in the next couple of weeks, in the next couple of months. Because you, if you got your hat, means I'm gonna whoop that ass too. <laughs> That's what it means. That's what got your hat means. And that it was well played by Jake. He's gonna end up fighting Floyd, and he's gonna. I get murdered by him, but hey, whatever. You know, it's gonna happen. You know, you're making that money. Yeah, awesome. you can make that money. So I mean he got signed to a pretty damn lucrative deal. I've heard some numbers and figures, I mean, from some inside. Oh, people. so did I. Yeah. I mean it's, I don't know if they're real, so I can't say it. It sounds ridiculous. Yeah. It sounds ridiculous. But hey, if they're doing you know, if they're doing a million to a million two of pay-per-view buys and the matches and the matchups make sense for entertainment wise. I mean, whatever, man. Like, this is the state of boxing right now. You've got Canelo. You've got uh, Earl Spence, Canelo. you got Terrence Crawford. Give me somebody else. And you got, you got uh, Tyson Fury. you got uh, Wilder. You've got uh, Anthony, Anthony Joshua. You've got, you've got guys that people want to follow. But it's, it's just that some of them are not active enough. There's a lot of drama going on right now in terms of, like, oh, no, I, we have the rights on you to fight. So now Tyson Fury may not be fighting Anthony Joshua. He might have to fight somebody else first. Like we're getting, we're, this, is, this has always been the biggest problem with boxing. It's like we wanted to see Floyd and Pacquiao. That fight never came to, it came, came to fruition. Eight years. Was, yeah, eight years eight later. Years you know, I mean, he wasn't the same fighter when they were, when they were scheduled to fight. Yeah, I mean, but Pacquiao's going to fight Errol Spence. Yeah, that's not 42-year-old Manny Pacquiao fighting Errol Spence. 
I yeah. love Manny, and he's a phenomenal athlete. He's been a phenomenal fighter. There, but there comes that point where you look and you go, all right, is this the one where the age will start to show? Errol Spence is a big, as you would say, tall, long, and lanky fighter who's got a great jab. He he controls distance incredibly well. Manny is not that big of a guy. If you've ever been around him, he's pretty small. And uh, that is, I'm just looking at that going, that might not be a good, he hasn't fought in two years. Yeah. Yeah, Floyd hasn't fought in a long time. Yeah, but there's a big difference. Manny Pacquiao, are you talking about, Manny Pacquiao (laughs) is fighting a world champion in Errol Spence, a guy that is one of the best boxers pound for pound right now there is. That's who Manny Pacquiao is fighting. Who do you got against Logan Paul? Why don't you give him a little Floyd back? Mayweather is fighting. <laughs> nothing against Logan Paul. Floyd Mayweather is fighting Logan Paul, uh, an internet sensation, an influencer, a kid that wrestled in high school, a guy that went to England and fought an amateur fight. He had a pro fight in Los Angeles, which he lost, and that's who Floyd is fighting. He's bigger in, in half his age. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> People... <laughs> People won't put way too much I'm on. He's it. bigger. Oh my, oh my god! I'm not, <laughs> not riled. I just love you. Know, just you just look and you go. Manny's fighting a guy who's better than him. At this point, he's he's better than him. And, and <clears> I, I hate to see if if you know. And you, you know, Manny Manny can come out and have a great fight against him. I'm, I'm not saying that because Manny came out against Thurman. Man, he he looked great. You know. He looked fantastic against Thurman and, and got the win, but he, he was starting to tail off after knocking him down in the beginning, starting to tail off in the fight. And so you look and you go, that was two years ago. And Spence, probably a better fighter than Thurman. Scary. All right, let's get off the Jake Paul train because I'm getting a little tired. Let's, right. What else you got for us? All right, so we'll do another piece of news um, and then we'll jump into some fan questions so um, just kind of sticking on Floyd Mayweather so um, Ali Khabib's manager came out and said that after Khabib retired he was offered GSP and Floyd Mayweather and apparently the Floyd Mayweather fight was a $100 million payday that um, was also uh, turned down obviously um, and that was Khabib's word that he said he's retired so <sighs> I don't, I don't know. I don't think I don't think the uh, I don't think that Khabib would have taken that Floyd fight only based off the fact that, like you said, Khabib he couldn't take it. Uh, I think the UFC would have done that. No, they did it with Conor. Why would they do it with him? Big difference. What's the difference, John? They lied me, son. Oh, they're looking. They lied me. Oh, excuse me. They're looking. They're looking at Conor and saying, "Well." We don't think you're going to win, but we think that you can actually be in there. You've got a good enough stand-up. You have power in your hands, this and that. Are they looking at Khabib in that fashion at all? No. Where's Khabib win his fight? Oh, yeah. yeah. The stand-up? Oh, so. No, on the ground. I'm saying well, he wins him on the ground. But I'm saying he also dropped yeah. Conor McGregor. So, I mean, like you could say, <laughs> just throwing it out there, Khabib's also not going hey, to get tired like Conor McGregor doing Khabib isn't going to make it as far as Conor McGregor <laughs> making that fight because he can't take anybody down. And he's not a good stand He's not a good stand-up fighter. He's not, you know, like, I'm not saying he's Ben Askren as far as his stand-up goes. <laughs> but, That's messed up, Joe. Uh, oh. No, it's just the truth. But, you know, look, 
he has made a living off of taking people to the ground and crushing them. He can't take anybody to the ground here. This is not, that's a stupid, that would be the stupidest no, thing the UFC. The reason why I done. don't think, I think they would have is that one thing they are into is I think they, if they're going to be done fighting, like they might as well cash cow on you right now as fast as they can. If they can make $100 million or whatever, then they would do it. I think they would. And then, uh, but I think I think with Khabib, it has, I think, had some little bit maybe to do with the law. But I also think, though, too, he took your father's advice. He said, never fight another, never do another man's game. And he knew that, like, why would I fight you in boxing knowing that you're going to embarrass, like, could potentially embarrass me? He's not that guy. Yeah. And, and yeah, exactly. I've seen him. It's not worth the no, money to him. not worth the money. He wants to, he's somebody that's very high on the fact that he loves the fact that he's undefeated. And he's very good at what he does. And so why would I go out there and let my kids seem to get embarrassed or family seem to get embarrassed when just for money? It's not important to me. He's made enough money also, by the way. You know what I mean? So Well, it's very smart. If you look at it, do you think that Floyd Mayweather would take $100 million or let's say $300 million? Let's let's up it. You think he'd pay, he would take $300 million to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov in an MMA fight? Uh, he makes $30 million now by Connor. So he would do that. Okay. Yeah. He wouldn't but take he it, would he? No. He make million and part of the reason. Anyway, yeah, but still. <clears throat> Khabib doesn't need $100 million. No, I understand that. Khabib makes, a lot of mo- Khabib makes a lot of money just showing up. Yeah, there. but I understand that. He doesn't need $100 million. I mean, but, but it is nice to have. <laughs> Let's be real. Now, <laughs> the, the fight that does is shocking to me is the GSP one and why it didn't come to, why it didn't come to fruition. Because. That one is completely different. In yeah, mind. because I mean, like, I don't think that's a good fight for GSP. I don't know what weight class they're going to fight in, maybe 170, maybe 165, whatever it is. But the fight didn't come to fruition, which I know that his dad, because there was actual talk and conversation you know, around the table when I was around him a couple of times, they brought up the fact that his dad wants him to fight GSP. Everyone knows it's public recommendations. We just talked about it as well. It's a good dad free fight. You know, I thought for sure they would have got that deal done, just to be honest. And I've even tweeted about it and said that I said, watch, this fight's going to happen. And it didn't happen, you know, and uh, maybe it'll eventually come come about, but, you know, who knows? I mean, I think if, if that fight's not going to happen, what do you want GS, GSP captain then? Let him fight that Oscar De Hoya. And who knows? Maybe GSP beats him, you know? And that would just, that, honestly, Dana, that would drive you so happy. It would make you so happy if GSP would go. Well, the best part is Oscar <laughs> then went, you know, when he closed, closed the door on the GSP deal, Oscar called out Dana. Now, let's be honest. Dana was and always claimed to be an amateur boxer. Loves boxing. Lives for boxing. Thinks it's great. He should take that fight. You need to stop. You're just, you're, you need to stop. Man, see, people think. People Come think on. Like, Come on, Josh. Josh, get on the train. Absolutely not. Uh-oh. I don't want to see that, that poor. Dana, that poor Dana I'm just telling you. Don't, don't, don't do it, dude. Dana. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> You guys know I'm not a Dana fan, but man, let's save this man's life. <laughs> I know. No. But I, know I, think, I think certain people just, you know, they stay on the internet being tough guys and, you know, whatever it is behind and just <laughs> oh. stay I, mean, I, I don't. And people are going to say, I, I was sure. I, I don't think Oscar should be fighting either. I mean, like, I don't give a shit what he does, you know, outside of the fight game, you know, whatever party he does. I don't give a shit. You think you're 50 something, he's what, 47 years old? Yeah, but again, hold on. You can take Oscar and say he shouldn't be fighting. You're right. Oscar should not be fighting Errol Spence like Manny Pacquiao. But if you're going to put Oscar against 
George St. Pierre. That's a fight that he can he could be in. They're both older, even though Oscar's older than George. But that's you know you're not talking about a top flight boxer going against him. You know Oscar against, and I'm just saying it. You know just because we were saying it, Dana White. Yeah, you know if you're Oscar, yeah, you can do that. I don't I don't have a problem with that at all because that's not putting you against a young stud that is you know at the top of the food chain in you know that world so that's where oscar can come back and fight the same as you know when when tyson was going to fight roy jones jr i was like yeah you know i don't want to see you know mike tyson should never fight against a deontay wilder a anthony joshua a tyson fury god no you know that is that's ugly and it's going to be bad but if you put them against roy jones jr and they're both the same yeah that's okay both close to the same age Speed-wise, it's about the same. It's all good. Yeah, because we got to know there's a newer generation of heavyweights right now. Anthony Joshua's enormous. Tyson Fury's enormous. Deontay not enormous, but man, he possesses the power of like a Paul. Mike Tyson back in the day. He's tall, long, and like, you know what I mean? So, Ooh, well, yeah, that the, the newer generation of heavyweights—they're just—they're just different. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Klitschko kind of started it back, but even when they were smaller back in the day, it was like Tyson. It was—I mean, some of the guys weren't that big. I mean, so, I think. Um, well, you can take a look at all of them. You know, Evander Holyfield started. Riddick, Riddick Bow was big. He was a cruiserweight. He was a big guy. Riddick Bow was six foot five. Riddick Bow was big. You know, Lennox Lewis was big. But a lot of the guys, you know, Michael Spinks, who, you know, you go back, it was Mike Tyson against Michael Spinks. Michael Spinks was a light heavyweight. You know, that's where he came up from. So, a lot of the guys that were fighting in the heavyweights were never really big guys you know it's kind of like the randy couture thing you know smaller heavyweight now you just got these giant six foot six 250 260 pound bunch of francis and god tyson fury it's even more monsters um all right what else you got for us just go around all right so um we're we're gonna jump into five questions in just a minute here, but first we're gonna go to mybookie.ag, mybookie.com, mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in. They're gonna give you a bunch of cash. You guys, you guys can bet on a bunch of different things right now. You don't have to bet just on MMA. You guys can also bet on uh, basketball playoffs. Something they're going on right now. Hockey playoffs right now are just freaking on Hockey fire. Hockey playoffs. I mean, unbelievable because all the games are so damn close. But yes, bet. Bet for the bet going into overtime. <laughs> going into overtime. They've been great. Bet for the going some overtime. Great games, man. So uh, check out the NHL, man. They've got some savageries going on right now. Guys just getting their asses kicked right above it. <laughs> They're awesome. Double and triple overtimes. Love those type of games. Um, yeah, and then uh, you know you got some, and then you got the Floyd Mayweather fight next week. I think I believe you can take bets on it, and odds on it here. So go ahead and check it out. And uh, you, mybookie.ag is the promo code Wayne in when you guys do it. All right, Dave, let's jump into some fan questions, my friend. Um, all right, so time for some fan questions. This one comes from Eli uh, Baltodano, and he asks, Big John, were you close to stopping the Edson-Khabib fight? I thought Edson was extremely co- uh, compromised coming out, uh, coming out into the third. And then uh, he has a question for Josh. We'll get to that in a second. Was I close to stopping the fight? Multiple times. There was multiple times that Edson was... In trouble on his horse, trying to get away from uh, Khabib. Khabib was dominant in that fight. But what you're looking for is, you know, this is what people need to understand. Professional fighters. No, I love it. You always start up. This is what people need to understand. I love it. I got. I got. 
professional fighters, unfortunately, even though people don't like to say it this way, it's just the truth. They get paid to get damaged. That's part of what they're getting paid for. It's a brutal sport, and they know that, oh, I have the... I have the ability to put damage on somebody else and they have the ability to put that damage on me. And so when people see someone being damaged a lot, they start to go, Oh, maybe it should stop. But fighting is different. And there, all it takes is one shot to change a fight in 180 degrees from one guy winning to now the other guy is going to win the fight. And you've got to give that ability to that fighter who is at least showing that they are doing everything they can to stay in the fight. When they get into bad situations, they do all the right things to try to get themselves out, even though they're accepting damage. You've got to let them work them their way through those things. So, yeah, were there times that, you know, I would look at it and I would think, you know what, if I'm not going to let you take much more. And then all of a sudden, he would get himself through that situation. And I was going back, you know, I can tell you, I went back to his corner, especially after the second round, and told his, his corner. I want you to watch your fighter. I am not going to let him take a lot more damage like he's taken. He needs to be offensive. And so you're saying that to set things up so they don't get all pissed off when you stop the fight and everything like that. But you've got to let these guys go because that's a big fight. It, it helps him set himself up, his family up. If he gets past Khabib, it's a huge moment and he can make more money. So you can't just take him out of it. But, yeah, there was many times I was thinking about it, but I never pulled the trigger on it because he was always fighting back. You were in there. Was Khabib really rocked from that spinning hill kick? The one that where he hit cut off his calf? No. I, I just kind of threw him off balance. And when I asked him, like, oh, no, no, why? I asked yep. him, he said, oh, no, no, there's nothing. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> no, he wasn't hurt by it. It, 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 it hit him and it, it yeah. knocked him off balance. And so he had, took, a, took a weird step. He was not hurt by it. Um, so this same guy, Eli, asks Josh, prime Josh Thompson versus Mike Chandler, who wins? I don't know, man. I don't know. Ooh. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I really don't know. Because Chandler's a dog when it comes to, like, fight out of submissions. And I think that I would have lost the takedowns to him. You know, but I think I would have been chasing the submissions. So it depends on where you would have caught me in my career. Um, All right, here, let me, let me answer this for you. Here's where here's where Chandler would have done well and Josh would have done well. Josh was actually very good with kicks. He set kicks up. He would kick people from different locations and things. And being that Josh would have lost in the power war, Michael Chandler hits harder than Josh did. Josh kicks way better than Michael Chandler does. Michael normally, generally, usually doesn't like to get into grappling situations unless he's the one that's initiating it. And he doesn't initiate things a lot of times off of kicks when it gets into the the grappling stage so if josh could have attacked the legs could have you know made him guess on things you know and michael sometimes when he starts getting kicked low he reaches down towards that kick that's when you set him up a la you know you've seen the nate diaz or john jones against dc you get that guy reaching down for that kick and all of a sudden now instead I, I, i make it look like i'm going low and i bring it up high and that's when you catch people i think it would have been a a really good matchup, you know, could Josh have won? Yeah, he could have won. Could could Michael have won? Absolutely, Michael could have won. That's why it makes it a really good matchup. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not going to give myself too much credit. I think I, I agree with you 100% on the, on the kicks. The kicks were a big factor. He's also shorter. I like to throw that push kick up the middle. If he leans in with his right hand, which comes right into the push kick, 
when I was when I was training for him for both times, I was supposed to fight him. A lot of it was the push kick up the middle and the push kick up to the face as well, not just the, not to the stomach, not just to the stomach. And then that was when the calf kicks had first started coming around. Like that was towards the end of my career. But I mean, even when I was studying him, I was thinking like he's got those small calves, like he's got small ankles and calves. So we were thinking leg kicks inside inside the calf, inside leg kick towards the calf as well. That was a lot of our game plan. And it was just basically never settle on bottom, always getting back to your feet, get them, keep them off your fucking neck. You know, that was our next step, too. So those are those are things and options. You know, um, I don't know. I would give it, like, I agree with you. It's a 50-50 toss. It depends on who had a better night. I think in the prime of our careers, you know, I would, I would think it would have been a 50-50 toss. And as much as I want to say that I would have beat him, I can't say that. So next uh, that one, so that one from Eli actually got 23 likes. So I know last week we said Josh said, um, you know, make sure you hit thumbs up people on people's questions, and we'll we'll get the most liked ones on the show. So that was the most liked question on the whole thank you. And um, the next most liked question was from Serge Kratos, and he says, for both podcast, Dave calls you at 2 a.m. saying two guys are coming to beat him up. He calls you. Do you guys go help or hang up and go back to sleep? <laughs> oh shit. Dave, but <laughs> Dave, so funny. Oh, Dave's actually done that to me before. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, go ahead, John. What do you think? Look, once once you've made it on my, um, you're an actual friend. I'll ju- I'll jump through it through anything for you. I'll, I'll, I'll be there now. If Dave calls, he better give me a lot of time. I live a long ways from him. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but uh. If he, give me a day's yeah. notice. You know what's yeah. funny is you're actually going to be closer to him than me now. <laughs> that's yeah, great. yeah. Hopefully there you go. I'm only going to be like two oh, hours man, away. That's right. Two hour flight though. Two hour flight. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Uh, oh, I yeah. think I'm like a good four hours. Good flight. Yeah, I'd be a good 12. Good 12. Yeah, I think 14, it's 20, right? 24 hours. It's 24 hour flight. Or drive. Drive. 25 actually. 25. Because I'm doing it. Ugh. <laughs> you doing it this you doing it on Thursday. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Um enjoy it. Yeah, I mean probably. <laughs> probably. Did, did you create a profile and then like your own shit? Is yeah, that what you just exactly. did? Eighteen profiles. Eighteen profiles. That's, that's what Dave just did. He created his own profile. <laughs> I just wanna know is Dave got like a tear yeah, in the corner of his oh, like, no. They love me. Yeah. They really love me. <laughs> he just wanted to see if we loved him or not. Good luck. Yes, Dave. We want we do care for you. Next one from uh, Sofian Ibra, and he asks, question for Josh and John. Knowing what you know now, did Tony uh, did Tony had ever a chance against Khabib? And do you think he ever had a nine-fight win streak if he fought Khabib the first time? Uh, you want to go? Okay, I'll go. Oh. Um, of course, I'd be forced to say he didn't have a chance. He had a chance. You know, I think he had a submission chance because yeah. in those takedowns and all those Khabib sometimes can be excuse me, can't leave himself out of position. Uh, there's been several times, just in training, I know, I know we're talking about training, but you know, um, the head's on the wrong side. Sometimes, you know, you're able to make the transition real fast. Tony is not a strong guy. It's the position of which he can hit his submissions from. That is not normal than most people. The other thing as well is when he was on his rise, when he was around the time he was fighting me and fighting everybody else, that's Barbosa and those guys, he was, he was doing things that nobody else was doing. The way he was rolling through to the darts, the way he was setting up his his scrambles, the way when I took him down, he rolled through on the double leg. I mean, that was things that nobody else was doing. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten away from it a little bit because it's harder to do. His body doesn't do it. And the abuse his body is taking, it's, it's coming through, I think. 
He's had three nasty wars, and on top of that, he doesn't train like a normal fighter. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that the way that he styles good trains, kicking poles and shit like that, it's not good for your body. You've got to be smart if you want to make a long career out of this. And he has made a long career out of it. I get it. But this is where it's important, that 37, 38, 39. I started seeing the decline right around 37, 38. I beat Nate Diaz when I was 30. I just turned 37. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like you got to take care of yourself. And doing things like that is not taking care of yourself. And it's going to catch up to you. And that's kind of what we're seeing right now. And nothing against him. He definitely has a ch- He definitely had a chance. Absolutely had a chance. We had, I mean, I worked with Khabib. Khabib was concerned in terms of the darts, in terms of the guillotines, in those type of things. He wasn't concerned about the leg blocks or any of that other stuff because he knows that it's the length of him, the reach of him. He gets that arm underneath the chin. I mean, there's no way you're defending that because the length of his arm goes all the way, wraps around his neck. And the way he was hitting his submissions is, is one thing. And then hitting the darts from any type of weird, funky position. You know, and so, yeah, he absolutely had a chance. And, uh... I never counted him out, I mean, but the fact is, is I, I think Khabib still would have beat him. Um, I mean, the submission chance was there. The other thing that I brought, I brought this up a long time ago. I had fought him and I got cut up more than I ever cut up by anybody in my life. I think I had like two cuts in my whole career. I got one by Clay Guida, I got one by Bobby Green on the side of my head. I never had cuts ever in my life in any of my fights. Any of them. Then I fought him, I had like fucking, I look like a damn Cabbage Patch kid. Those, what are they called? The ugly ones? I look like one of those, the garbage belt kids. <laughs> it was horrible, man. And so, Khabib fights with a bolt with a shaved head. And once the blood trickles down, there's nothing to really, like, stop the blood from trickling down in your head. The hair is not there. And so, I was a little concerned about that as well, because I already fought Tony. So, I could see the fight being stopped with a cut or potential, you know, submission in terms of darts or a guillotine. The submission was less likely, but the cut, I felt like, was more likely. That's about where I, w- I would have thought. It's... If you're asking me, did Tony have a chance? Absolutely. Any top-level fighter has a chance to have a good night, and they have a chance to have a bad night. And it could be that you know, Tony catches Khabib on, you know, biorhythms are down, things are not, you know, feeling good, and he just doesn't perform to his best. While Tony is performing his best, I think Tony can win the fight. If you're going to ask me, did I think Tony was going to beat him? No, I had always said I thought Khabib was... His style was going to be tough for Tony because Tony didn't use the wrestling that he had in a in a good manner defensively. He actually gave takedowns a lot of the time when someone would get into him, but he would do exactly what Josh was talking about. He would roll through him. He would do awkward, unconventional movements that sometimes caught people off guard because it was so different they weren't used to it. Granby rolls and things like that are sometimes things that in MMA guys do that their opponent's just not ready for. But if you were looking at that fight, you know, Khabib was the favorite in the fight. He was always the favorite in the fight. That's why Tony, you know, at one point Khabib was the champion and Tony was the interim champion. There's a reason why they were set in those positions. Khabib was the favorite. Does that mean that, you know, he was just going to run through Tony? No. Tony was a, you know, Tony is still, a very, very good fighter. It And this is one of those things where it just takes little things to change who you are and what you can do that make you successful. And when those percentages change, you see a big difference in wins and losses. And right now, those things have changed for Tony, and he's got to figure out exactly what he needs to do. You know, if he's going to be fighting top-level you know, opponents, 
maybe he wants to step back down and start to fight guys that are on the rise that you know he matches up better with to get a couple more wins under his belt and then take that that next step back i don't know what's in his mindset but when you have three losses in a row trust me i don't care how confident you sound in the press conference i don't care what you say in your media in interviews i don't care what is put out on the internet you are concerned and you have doubts about stepping into that cage on the fourth one because god knows you can't have it happen again and all of those things start to play into your mind and when they start to go bad it becomes a very you know slippery slope that you start to slide down the hill really fast so tony's got to figure out what he's going to do you know it's a uh, age is a bitch father time is undefeated and, and you never know when it is that your your moment of that decline is and it's obvious that you know tony's moment of the decline has occurred next one comes from jay storm and he says for both josh and big john lauren murphy has won her last four fights and has already asked for a title shot at 125 should she win against joanne calderwood in june do you think she gets the next title shot Valentina is amazing, but Murphy can really scrap and has never been finished. How do you see it going? I love Lauren Murphy. First off, Lauren Murphy is a gritty, tough, just nasty fighter. She is she's good in the she's her ground game is outstanding. And her her stand up has gotten so much better. The biggest problem is she fights in the weight class of the 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 person that I think is the best female fighter pound for pound in the sport of MMA and Valentina Shevchenko. She's just that technically good. She's good in the, in the ground. She's outstanding on the standup. She's outstanding. She does things so well, but you know, do I think that Lauren has put herself in a position if she beats your one? Absolutely. I think she deserves that shot, you know, and someone like Lauren who never gives in, never, never takes a backward step for the most part is always trying to do things to, you know, put herself in a position to win the fight. You know, does she have a chance against Valentina? Absolutely. Again, just like we were talking about Tony and Khabib, she is the real deal as a fighter. She is a professional fighter that has proven herself time and time again. But she is going to be facing the person that I think is the most skilled and technically proficient, you know, woman's fighter there is in the sport right now. Yeah, I don't see why they haven't given her one yet. She beats Collingwood, I think you're next. I don't yep. think there's really any... You can't say. There's no one else. There's no one else. Just let her fight. Let her fight for the title. She know? wants it. She's hungry. She's calling for it. She knows she's uh, she's on the win streak. Let her have it. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, careful what you wish for. Yeah. No. That's the harsh reality of that, of that weight class. And, and when you're looking at the weight, the, the one thing that I see is the big difference is... You know, like I said, Lauren, Lauren is great on the ground. She's tough. She's gritty. She's that grinder. She's the, she's the fighter that just, you know, keeps coming and is like that tidal wave. Speed kills. And if there's one thing that I see difference-wise between Lauren and Valentina, is Valentina is, I think, faster than Lauren. So Lauren has got to use that style that she has. She's got to crush that space and make it to where Valentina has to fight the, the fight that Lauren brings in. You know, she can't fight it at distance. She has to use her stand-up to crush that distance and then bring that fight into a, a ground battle, which I think she matches up pretty well with Valentina. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, next question comes from Just Edo, and he asks, "Why don't we put referees also as the judges? Every event has multiple refs, so let the refs who aren't in the octagon judge the fights." Yeah, the refs don't need a rest at all. You know, they they have nothing to do. They, all they do is go and just you know step into the cage and then step out. Guys, the we do a whole lot more than what you're thinking. Okay, and I'm telling you right now, they ref all the time. Excuse me, they ref and judge all the time. They just don't do it in the UFC. Uh, the commissions there are told by the UFC they don't they don't want that, and so. It's something that you just don't see done in the UFC. You will see it in Bellator times. Bellator doesn't say anything about it. So you will see a, you know, Mike Beltran. He will referee a fight, and all of a sudden he's sitting in that judge's chair, and he is judging it. You'll see a, a Brian Miner who refs a fight, and then he's judging. Um, that's you know, Kevin McDonald does it. Dan Mergolata does it. They all do it when it comes to Bellator or other organizations. The UFC is the one that really doesn't like to to do it. But you know, so you know, you know, when you are the referee for fights, your fighters, especially in the UFC, are coming in at different times. So you could have the very first fight of the night, the very first fight on the preliminary card. You have, and so you are in the back long before the show starts, and you're. Then going and you're going to each fighter and you're talking about about conduct and you know, you're answering questions on rules and things like that. All of that stuff is taking place and you've done that now with these two fighters, but you have we'll say four other other fights or three other fights and you might even have the main event. So you're waiting and your fighters for that main event aren't even at the arena when the main card starts. So it you've you're always running from being in the cage to running in the back to seeing who is there so you can get your pre-fight stuff done and your your talks with the fighters and all of that stuff that you're doing and then you've got assignments outside of the cage being the secondary so you're the person that's checking the fighters before they go into the cage and stuff it's it works out best when the referees just referee and the judges you think refs make bad decisions and stuff now start giving them more work. <laughs> oh, man. I, love, man. I love to get on the rest. Man, you couldn't have said something nice. No, you had to go full pump. Oh. All right, what else you got? Uh, Kubalai Sehan asks uh, for Josh, do you ever regret being a fighter because of all the injuries, pain you feel nowadays? Would you rather have had a 95 normal job? Hell no. Hell no. I would. <laughs> so you better not say yes because you're lying because it's led me to everything now now look I have, I have aches and pains uh, but who's to say I wouldn't have aches and pains sitting in the damn desk all day you know I mean I, I know a ton of people that sit in the desk they're all overweight they don't really have activities they're grinding away not really with, with anything to show for it I know people that work 9 to 5 don't even own a house especially here in the Bay Area they work their asses off they got three kids they can't they can't afford a house here you know, some of them are still, um, you know, they're still driving around their car from 1994. Absolutely not. You know what fighting's given me? It came right at the right time in my life. I needed a little direction. I needed a little focus. And I love training, man. I loved, I loved, I was a gym rat. I loved it. So in terms of would I want to do something else? Absolutely not. I got to travel around the world, man. I fought, fought twice in Japan. Fought, uh, fought in South Africa. I was out there for a bit. Core trip, training out there. I fought everywhere, man. I fought all around. I know the U.S. I mainly was a San Jose guy. 
But that doesn't mean that I didn't travel around the world coaching and cornering other fighters, though, that were on my team. You know, I traveled everywhere with Trevor Pregnant pretty much as his corner. You know, and then anybody else that ever needed me, I cornered Swick, cornered Fitch, cornered, uh, never cornered Koss. Corner, you know, I covered a bunch of people. Mike Kyle, Paul Bonatello, I've cornered everybody, man. I've been to Hawaii, Phil Baloney, I've cornered all those guys. I've been all around the world, I've been to Hawaii so many damn times, I stopped going because I've been there so much. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's a bad, that's, that's a good problem to have. So it's, uh, but I mean, no, I wouldn't change it for anything. To answer your question in short, I wouldn't change it for anything. I love my life. RS75AC. Wait a second, if I change my life, it would be no fucking podcast. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> yeah. Just think about this. You want to th- if if you want to think about let's being totally serious here. If you didn't fight, you never would have. Can you imagine that loss in your life? <laughs> oh man! You know what would be sad though? I would have never been this. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> RSM5AC asks question for Josh and John: If Sean Brady beats Kevin Lee, how does this how does his value in the welterweight division stand? Should he fight a top seven fighter next? I don't see how, I mean, I'm honestly, I don't see how he is. But I'm saying, like, he's going to pretty much just stay where he's at. That's the problem. I mean, he's, he's a rising star. Um, we know that. But, I mean, a Sean, uh, Bilal Muhammad, a Sean Brady fight would be absolutely insane. But I think they have bigger plans for Bilal. I think it's already scheduled to fight Neil Magnet next, right? No, Damian Maia. I think they have Damian Maia and Bilal next. But, I mean, regardless, Sean Brady is tough. I want to see what Kevin Lee is, 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 looks like now. In terms of, is he going to be fit? Is he going to, you know, is he not to worry about the weight cut? So, we'll be able to carry through. How's he going to handle the size? Tom Brady's not that big of a guy. He's, you know, that's he's about an average welterweight. You know, he's not really tall, long, and lanky. He's short, not short, stocky, but he's he's well built. It's going to be his. Yeah. No, it's going to be Kevin's not going to be tall either. He's not not short, but he's not, not huge. Look Kevin Lee, right? The more he gets touched, the more. Uh, He's, he's a confidence. Find out fighting's confidence. It's it's all about confidence. The thing is with him, though, is that as he starts to get hit more, he he backs away a lot more than the normal fighter. And I think that just comes with the losses. You know, when he was riding high, he'd take a shot and walk through and come through and keep going through. He'd keep fighting through it. But I think now, being on the street that he's on, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, he hasn't fought since when? Oliveira in Brasilia. That was over, that was what? Last Oliver March, in Brasilia. March 14th. March 14th. Yeah. 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 I mean, and he's just been, hopefully he's been put on the weight properly. I know he, he always cut a lot of weight regardless, but still, it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a really tough fight. Uh, I, I tell you, it's a, uh, <sighs> this is where, you know, and you know, I tell guys all the time. I think going up is a good idea, and I'm not saying it's not a good idea for Kevin Lee. But when you're going up, and the guy that you're facing is a guy who's undefeated, has he doesn't know what it's like to lose. And and now Kevin's going to say, "Yeah, I'm going to teach him what it's like to lose." Okay, you know that's great. But he's faced good fighters. Jake Matthews in his last fight, good fighter. You know, Jake Matthews is solid. You know, take a look at. You know what Jake Matthews did with, and I don't want to say it with Diego, but you know handled Diego even on the, you know, in 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 all aspects of the fight, just handled him very cleanly. Um, 
I just look at this as you're going up and you're facing uh, a fighter in that next weight class to face someone. And I don't, I don't what, what is Brady? Yeah, 13, 13, 13, 10, 12, somewhere in there. Okay. So he's the 13. So I understand why the UFC is looking and saying, well, we're going to put Kevin over there and we'll put him against Sean, but not an easy fight. Not a guy, you know, if you're, if you're talking about not in the top 10, this is not the guy you don't want, you want to fight because he could definitely be in that top 10. He's that good a fighter. He's got good skills. He's got good, solid stand-up. His ground game is outstanding. Kevin is a good wrestler. He's got good wrestling takedowns because he's, he's athletic. He's fast. He's got good power in, in his hands. He's got good kicks as far as when he brings the kicks up, they have power on him. But if they get into a grappling situation at any point and Kevin ends up on his back, Kevin is going to be fighting for his life. Kevin is going to be in a situation that he is swimming upstream, working twice as hard as Sean Brady is going to be working to get himself you know, either through the situation or out of the situation. And I just look and say, Sean Brady is getting more in this by, by facing Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee's got a good name. He's getting more out of this than Kevin Lee's getting in fighting Sean, but Kevin's the guy facing the more difficult opponent, in my opinion, in this situation. I know that sounds weird, but that's the way I look at it. Um, next one comes from, uh, let's see. <laughs> um, for Josh, from Exposing Chaos for Josh, who was the best welterweight, a.k.a. Swick, Fitch, or Koscheck? Khabib. That's <laughs> like the best welterweight. Nah, I mean, like, realistically, man, they all brought something different to the table. Koscheck was the best wrestler, Fitch was the best grinder, and Swick was the best stand-up guy. They were all different, man. Um, I mean... Cost, they both, Cost and Fitch both got to the title shot. Sure, so it came up short, you know, when he lost to uh, David Waza. The winner of that fought for the title. He came up short. You know, so... Boy. David? No, I think it was usually calling. Anyways, it was one of them that he was fighting to see who was going to fight for the title next. He came up short. I think it was David Waza, actually. And uh, that was that was kind of a potential down spiral after that. He lost to Yushin, or vice versa. But I think it was he lost the game first, and he lost to Yushin. But Fitch and Cost both fought for the title. You know, I mean, really think any closer than that. Just give them short. Look at the guy they were fighting. You know, I mean, tough, tough situation to be in. But I can't say it. If anyone were better, I couldn't say. Because the thing is, in the gym, one of them, they, they all had each other's number. Like, Swick kind of had Fitch's number a little bit because he's so much faster than Fitch, you know? But Koss, Koss had Swick's number, and Fitch kind of had a little bit of Koss's number. I mean, it was like it rotated in the middle there, you know, occasionally. You know, it's, uh, they all just equaled each other out. They made each other better. That's really what it was. I can't, I can't say there was one thing. Next. Next question comes from uh, Ice Cold, and he wants to know from Big John, when was the worst time a fighter disrespected you? Um, well, I, I, I would have to say it's uh, Roy Nelson. 
I guess, but I never knew about it. I, I know that sounds weird, but it's just the truth. I had no idea. We were in Brazil. He was fighting um, Bigfoot Silva, and he wanted me to stop the fight. <laughs> you know, and this is what happens when you're in the back is Silva's, you know, team. And Silva had been knocked out quite a few times. And so, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to let him, you know, go far, you know, and get hurt, but I've got to let him go in his, you know, going in the back. His corner's big thing was, you know, John, don't stop this early. You know, it's okay if we go down, please, you know, you know, if, if we're in a position to at least fight back, you've got to give us time. I'll give you time. And so when Roy hurt him, he was there and he was actually in a position to defend himself, had his feet up, had his hands up, he's looking at Roy, and Roy wanted me to stop the fight, and it would have been the wrong thing to do. And uh, so Roy goes after him, you know, hits him, and he hurts him and knocks him out, and I stop it, and, you know, I'm over him, and I guess Roy walked away, but then he came back, and he, like, he, you know, he kicked towards me and, like, touched me. I mean, you get bumped. As the reverend, you get bumped by everyone coming in the cage all the time. You don't think anything about it. And I, I got bumped. It was that's uh, all I knew. And, and later, as I stepped out of the cage, the commission says, "You know, do you want us to do something about that?" And I go, "About what?" And they go, "He kicked you." I go, "Who kicked me?" <laughs> I had no idea. You know. And then they said, and then I kind of got a little mad, but it was like, "Ah, eh, all right." And uh, the UFC came over to me and said, "You know, we're you know we're going to be taking care of that." And I said, "Whatever you do, I don't care. Doesn't matter to me." And uh, they made a big deal about it. I didn't. You know, I talked with Roy about it, and uh, uh, it was one of those things that, if you want to say disrespect it, that was disrespectful, I guess. So that Final was, question comes from... <laughs> it broke my heart. I cried for days. <laughs> Final... Oh, dude. He's part of Rico's barbecue. Final really question good. comes from uh, Shu Shan, <laughs> and he asks, do you think Henry Cejudo will come back? Also, how do you think a fight between him and Peter Yam would play out? I would like him to come back. I would like to see that Peter Yon fight. Um, and how do I think it'll play out? I think he's able to take Peter Yon down at will. Um, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be a five-round fight. He's gonna stick and move. He's got the conditioning to go full five. It'd be a dog fight. But I think where he capitalizes on getting the win is out wrestling it. You saw with the I went back and watched the Bargamed Bargamedov fights, and Henry could take him down. I think Henry would do. I won't say a better job of holding him down, but him, there's. I think I think Henry would be able to control that position. You know, um, overall Peter's good at getting back to his feet. I saw it several times against Magomedov, but um, but I think I think Penn, I bet, but I think Magomedov doesn't have the threat of a stand-up. You know, Henry does have the threat of a stand-up, and so when I'm having that come, that I'm just playing that fight out of my mind. Things gonna get Peter or not Peter, but Henry's he's not a big guy, you know. So he's having to go up to 135 to make that fight. I don't know, Peter. Peter in a five round fight, but it'll wear on him. Touch him a little to the body, so touch him, you know, here and there. But I mean, I've we saw with the Marais fight, man. He's a dog. Henry's a dog. Got to change game plans halfway through. He gonna find a way to win. I mean, I I wanted to come back because I would like to see that fight. The fight that I would really like to see is the Volkanovski fight. Only because, only because I want to see if someone can do three titles. That's what I want to see. I want to see if someone can win three different titles or three weight class titles. He's got the 125, 135. He can go up there and fight both the 145. I think it's, you can't say, you wouldn't be able to say he's not the one. You'd have to say. 
I'd say I'd say him over John Jones if he goes up and beats Volkanovski. You know, if you if you if you look at Henry Cejudo and you look at his career and everything he did coming up, you know, he is a remarkable fighter. He's got two losses. The two losses were first one was to Demetrius Johnson. I did the fight. He got hit by knees to the uh, body that took all his air out, and you know, difference difference in the fight. You know, uh, Demetrius was able to get him out in the first round because he couldn't continue to fight. I ended up stopping the fight. He had a fight after that against Joe Benavides, and he lost a decision. I think it was a split decision. I actually thought he had won the fight. Uh, it was back and forth, but there were elements that I, I thought that Cejudo, but whoever wanted it, it was a close fight. So that was two in a row. And then he didn't lose after that. You know, and he went through, we're talking about, you know, Sergio Pettis, and he, he beat Sergio, I think it was a unanimous decision. I'm not sure, but I know it was a decision. Uh, then he fought, you know, Demetrius again for the title, and he won the decision. Now, that was a close fight again, but it was five rounds after he had had his leg hacked and the nerve problem on his foot came back and just had moments that made the judges look and say, look, this guy was the better fighter in the fight, and they, they I think they were right. Then he takes on T.J. Dillashaw, and T.J. Dillashaw, you know, coming down from Bantamweight, I, I thought he lost too much weight. That might have something to do with him, you know, but, you know, he gets rid of TJ, and then the Marlon Marais fight was just fire, especially after the first round, because he took damage in that first round. He took big damage in that first round and came back with a different type of game plan in the second round of, okay, I'm not going to stay in this position of standing down. I'm just going to start putting hammers on you and making you go to your back foot. Difference in the fight. Got him tired, wins the fight. And his fight against Dominic Cruz, look, Dominic proved in his last fight he's still there. He can still fight. And if you go back and you watch that fight against uh, Cejudo, there wasn't a moment that Cejudo was losing that fight. He was dominating where that fight was at. He just was proving you know, he had learned how to be just a better fighter with each one going up. And by the end, he, is, he was just an outstanding overall fighter who still didn't wrestle that much. He still has the greatest inside trip I've ever seen in, in MMA. It's to the way he does it, how fast it is. It's beautiful. But Peter Yan's not a great matchup for him. Peter Yan will make him work and will hit him with multiple shots to the body because Peter Yan likes to go to the body. And if there's one place that I've seen, and it's where Marlon, I think, made the mistake of Marlon was headhunting against Henry, you know, hurt, you know heavy shots. Henry's able to take him. He's a tough dude. But, again, body shots are, unless you have experienced this and you have been there and had people just digging at your body and the the effect that it has, not only at the moment that you get hit, but even minutes later or into the next round, those those things add up. You know, it, they, they talk about, it, you know, you're depositing money into the bank. Well, you are especially when you get into a five-round fight, and Peter Yarn goes to the body well. He really digs at the body. So it would be a great fight. You know, Either guy could win it, no doubt about it, but it's definitely not an easy fight for uh, Cejudo. And it wouldn't be Let's an not easy forget fight. he's a 125 pounder coming up. Or so. Pator. <laughs> That's the thing. 
Um, all right. Um, yeah. well, let's get wrap it up for our show. Look, we want to make sure you guys are reminded, though, go to ProWrestlingTees.com. This special edition shirt is out. It's also available in black and then a sand color as well. So it's the Memorial Day shirt. Fantastic. It has a little American flag on there as well. It says thank you to our troops and military. Um, hopefully that everyone knows you guys can pick this up. And the promo code is and still, baby, and still. So uh, check that out on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne In. Also, hit the subscribe button on all of our platforms, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, all those platforms as well. We're available on all those platforms. Follow us on the, um, the audios if you can, and then go to YouTube, hit the little bell on the bottom right for the notifications, because we do drop our show sometimes, occasionally, a little bit different times. Sunday, we're usually on track, but this last weekend, I was busy. This next weekend coming up, I'm going to be traveling again, so we'll see. Dave's also moving to, to Austin and be driving all the way down. Jeez, man. You're so busy. All of us live out there in the mountains and go nowhere and just hibernate, you know, and develop our bare fat. This <laughs> <laughs> for the winter coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, hit the subscribe on all of our platforms, and we appreciate you guys, man. We're almost to that 100,000. Like I said, we are going to be launching a clips channel. We will be hosting a small, short clip channel show that will be the backbone of that clip channel. So hope you guys enjoy it. We're actually going to jump off of this and actually film it right now. And you can have some fun with this thing and see what you guys think. Uh, hopefully, next uh, couple what, next week, hopefully, we'll hit that 100,000. As soon as that hits, we'll start that clip channel. Uh, anything else for you, John? Boom. Yeah, I only got one thing to say. See ya!